Ladies and gentlemen, Crystal Clear Industries, in association with Rhinestone Radio Podcasts, is proud to present Old Hollywood Realness. Brought to you in vibrant podcastoscope for your listening pleasure. Join your hosts Kathleen Null and Philip Estrada as they recap Hollywood's dazzling darlings one film at a time. And now, please sit back, relax, and enjoy the program. Hi, Kathleen. Hi, Philip. Hey. Um, how have you been? Um, pretty good. How are you? I'm good. This is exciting. We're back in the studio like so a couple exciting. of goddamn professionals. So professional. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we're in the flesh. So yeah. Kathleen came to visit, which is awesome. A rare occasion. Very exciting. Um, and uh, we're super excited because we're starting out our um, Noir Vember series, yes. which is going to be fun. So we brought on resident experts, um, yeah. returning champions. That's right. <laughs> uh, Vincent Rose. Marie Keenan, um, <laughs> famous for the uh, for the Renee Patrick series, they yes. wrote two books: uh, "Designed for Dying" and "Dangerous to Know," which are, um, I just bought the first one, which would be um, "Designed for Dying," yes. and I'm excited to crack into it. Um, and I read "On Dangerous to Know," which was really fun, which we talked about last year. So, so welcome back! Yes, oh, you. Welcome back. great to be back. Happy to be here. Hey. Yes. So, what's been going on with you guys? Tell us all yes. the things. Um, well, our most exciting news is that we signed a deal for two more Renee Patrick books. Yay! Yay! Congratulations. Uh, so more Edith Head investigating crimes in oh, Golden so Age Hollywood. Glamour. Yes. <laughs> I, this is going to be a perfect fun. combination. Yay. Uh, are there tentative dates for release or just is it whenever you guys can get to well, it? Well, we're working on uh, the next one, which is called Script for Scandal now, Ooh, and it did. should be out at the end of 2019. Oh, fantastic. Oh my gosh, uh, exciting. That's so rad. Oh, I'm going to pronounce it Script for Scandal, though. Oh, please. Yes. I hope you don't mind. Yeah, the end. Uh, Draw yeah. it out. Draw, yes. Yeah, D-A-H-L, like, <laughs> all in caps. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> well, it was so wonderful to have you guys back. Um, we brought you on because you are the resident experts of film noir, and um, we you brought us this wonderful film, Phantom Lady. Yeah, which yes. I'm very excited to talk Thank about. Thank you. Um, well, we we knew that you wanted a Noir Vember title, and we thought, <laughs> are there any where the plot hinges on wardrobe? And it turns out, yes, there is. Uh, you, you know us so well. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is 1944. It's from Universal Pictures. Um, let's just go through the cast real fast. So we got Frank Chotone um, as Jack Marlowe, Ella Raines as Carol Richmond, Alan Curtis as Scott Henderson, um, Aurora Miranda as Estella Montero, uh, Thomas Gomez as Inspector Burgess, Faye Helm as Ann Terry, um, Elijah Cook Jr. as Cliff, Andrew Tomes as the bartender, and then we've also got Doris Lloyd as Katisha, Madam Katisha. Um, <laughs> and this is directed by um, Robert... Is it Swadmark? Siodmak. Siodmak. Yes. Siodmak. And the costumes were by Vera West. And a uh, shout out to Kenneth Hopkins, who designed the Phantom Hat. Yes. yes. <laughs> so um, I would love to just get your guys' yes. history with this film. Like, what is it about this film? How'd you come across it? Tell us everything. Yes. Well, we first came across this movie in part because it is based on a novel by Cornell Woolrich, Mm. writing here as William Irish. He is the most adapted author in the history of film noir. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I mean, Rear Window is probably the the best-known movie that's based on one of his books, but there's also The Window, Night of a Thousand Eyes. He was the absolute best at writing stories about people where the universe is just closing in on them for reasons Mm -hmm. that they don't understand. (laughs) This is, in in a lot of ways, maybe like... the for me, the definitive Cornell Woolrich movie. Oh, yeah. And in the book, actually, um, the chapter titles count down to the execution that may or may not happen. Oh, that's yeah. fantastic. So it's all yeah. about getting down to Time it. running out for Scott Henderson. Yeah. <laughs> Will they clear him in time? Oh, wow. Yes. That's like really most like, it <laughs> kind of just like makes, yeah, it does yeah. make it more tense. It's just like, ugh. It's like, God, I'll have to read that one day. Yeah. Um, when I have time. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, so do you guys um, have like a personal history with it or is it, do we, um, how did you guys come across it outside of just the book or was there, was the first time you ever watched it? Oh, we watched this, I remember it's, it's got to have been like, 20 plus years ago the first wow. time we saw this movie mm. right when we were getting really deep into 
into film noir. Mm-hmm. And the movie will always hold a special place in our hearts because we actually got to introduce it on Turner Classic Movies. Uh, what? We were the dream. <laughs> when we were asked by our friend Eddie Muller to to go on uh, Noir Alley and introduce mm-hmm. a movie, this is one that we came up with. Uh, in part because of of the importance of costume plays. Yes. Yeah, and so we had a awesome. chance to talk about it, and then I had a chance to wear my hat uh, on wow. the outro for the film. So yes. it was very oh, exciting. Oh, wow, that's yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. We're all wearing hats right now. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Just, yeah. Of course. Yes, naturally. Just hats. giant and crazy hats with many feathers. <laughs> <laughs> Just, you know, because what else are you going to do on a Sunday morning? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Kathleen, do you have a history with this film? No, I don't. Not no. at all. Like, this was, I hadn't seen it at all, and so I was, I was, I was a, pleasant surprise to watch it and I, I really kind of and I then to re- read more about Vera West because I couldn't believe um, like I'm like am I reading this <laughs> I'm just about what happened with her and all yeah. that intrigue yes. so I mean it's like a story within a story but um, yeah I I loved it. I'm definitely going to be watching it again. It's in our Amazon library. So. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, because we, um, yeah, we mentioned Vera West briefly when we were talking about the mummy episode mm-hmm. and um, just the story about how she was found dead in her pool, which I think you guys, yeah. I, you, do you guys have a lot of information? I have to assume you guys have a lot of information. Yes. It sounds like ripped, ripped right from your pages. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, right? We dug yes. into the, whatever history we could find out that. Tell us as much as you can. Like, Do you have any insider knowledge on it? It's part of the problem that we have with the story is it's um, it's very complex. You can't add, no one really knows exactly what happened. Yeah. No. If it was if if Vera West took her own life or if she was if she was murdered, there are a lot of people um, who look at the story now and insist that that she was killed. We're kind of. On the fence. We're on the fence, but inclined to think it's just basically a very sad story of someone who took her own life. Yeah. Although there was um, a quote from Ella Rains where she said, "Oh, she had seen Vera West just a few days before in New York, and everything seemed fine." So that kind of leans towards, well, was she fine, or was she just hiding it very well? Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, we when we looked back at the story, one of the things that really stood out to us was just how small Hollywood is and how many odd coincidences there are because Mm -hmm. she was found dead in her pool, as you said, Mm -hmm. by the person who was staying in her guest house. And it was the photographer who served as a technical advisor on Rear Window. Uh, yeah, wow. yeah. Kind of which is just so yeah. it's so bizarre. Yeah. yeah. And then our our take on the story is ultimately, I mean, it ties into Phantom Lady again, because her husband is someone that a lot of people look at with suspicion. Mm-hmm. And the story that he tells is so preposterous that you kind of can't help but think, well, maybe that's true. I mean, if yeah. he did, wouldn't he come up with a better story yeah, than that? Yeah. yeah. What was the story that he came up with? That First of all, he volunteered to the police that they had a fight. They wouldn't have known that they oh, had a fight right. if he yeah. hadn't told so them right. that. And yeah. then he said, well, I was going to drive up to Santa Barbara and stay with some friends, but then I decided not to. So I stopped at the side of the road and slept in my car and then drove <laughs> and back to Los Angeles and checked into a hotel in Beverly oh. Hills. And that's when I found out that my wife had killed herself. Yeah, that's sketchy. And yeah. he stuck to that story. And it's wow. just so... There's that you'd think, well, if he was actually responsible for her death, wouldn't he have planned it a little bit better? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, kind of like in Phantom yeah. Lady, exactly. What happened with that? So, yeah, <laughs> yeah I think it's really it's interesting because it was um, it was in um, it was what she, so it's June of forty seven is when she died. Yes. So it was mm-hmm. only four three years after this film was released. So yes, it's um, not long after that. So. It's interesting yeah. to think about. And she was like, not she was not working at Universal at the time this happened. Oh, she okay. she left and had opened her own boutique at the Beverly Wilshire Hotel. Oh, so okay. she 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 oh. left Universal. Mm-hmm. Well, geez. Sad. And I, yes. there's that whole thing about the fact that she was she claimed she was being blackmailed and all of that mm-hmm. and like yes. the, the suicide right. notes and it's like layers. Two suicide layers. notes. Yeah. yeah. Saying she was being blackmailed that a fortune teller that said that the only way she could escape the blackmail was death. <laughs> and her husband told the police, yeah, she never paid blackmail that I'm aware of. This fortune teller is news to me. I mean, wow. yeah, yeah, there's Very so many aspects now. of this story. It's like real LA confidential oh, yes. kind of <laughs> intrigue. So weird. Um, then also, what's interesting, what I thought was kind of eyebrow raising at the very least was the fact that he immediately sold the house, took all the money, and then the house was um, demolished <laughs> immediately. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. um, uh, are you like, excuse about? me, what? Yeah. <laughs> what is this? Yeah. It's just like, so no time has passed and yeah. you're already moving on. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's uh, good to know. Let the healing begin. Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> um, I d- actually, I picked up. Um, 
uh, I went ahead found some information on Kenneth Hopkins. Uh, I had not much information about him I could find, but there was an interesting website called kickshawproductions.com, and they did kind of a little bit of a bio on this. I don't know if you've um, if you have anything to add to it. So he uh, was. Um, in the mid to late 1840s, Kenneth, um, with one N, Hopkins. Yes, very was, important. <laughs> yes, one N, one N, darling. Don't be giving me a second one. <laughs> Just like you with one L. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so he was considered one of Hollywood's top milliners on and off screen. Uh, he was born in uh, February 27th, 1912. Uh, and it was said he was educated in San Francisco. Uh, he went into the millinery business in San Francisco with his partner, Avis Caminas, um, who later became the editor of Tadler Magazine. Which mm. I wow. Was, um, and a playwright. Um, and apparently there's photos of him um, being involved in costume but not I didn't see any credits for him but there's photos mm-hmm. of him with like Walter Plunkett and some other people like wow. at some wow. exhibit or something it was interesting um, yet another so, uncredited costumer that yeah, we found so he probably <laughs> was more like a back the, behind the scenes sort of thing so um, apparently an, uh, actress Jeanette McDonald reportedly discovered Kenneth um, in his hat shop in San Francisco and soon Hopkins had a following of celebrity clients and, and it said by 44 Hopkins moved to Los Angeles and was making hats for films. Uh, his first um, hat for film was this movie. And um, uh, his most famous film, the hat, uh, oh, sorry, the most famous film for Hopkins, um, his hats was uh, Cover Girl with Brady yes. Hayworth, oh, which yeah. I cannot wait to yes. podcast. If you, it's on yeah. the list. If you want <laughs> Kenneth Hopkins hat porn, that is the movie for you. Well, we do, actually. Yeah. So this was on the list. Come on. Yeah. Hat porn. 2019. Hat porn. I didn't know I needed it. Now I do. <laughs> Can't get enough of it. I'm Jones with my hat porn. <laughs> um, so he, uh, he had a Beverly Hills salon. Hopkins had a long list of private clients, ranging from Kate Francis to Lily St. Cyr. Um, in the 50s, he was commissioned to create a $1,000 chinchilla hat for Miss Earl Warren, the wife of the governor of California at the time, wow. mm-hmm. which I'm sure the voters were happy about that. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, and in 48, um, he was commissioned to create a new styles for men's to combat the growing hatless trend. Um, but his designs were had oversized brims and asymmetrical um, fedoras, and it just wasn't a hit, which I'm like, okay, well, yeah. it's, <laughs> it's, they sound kind of rad, but like we're talking about like there's men in the 40s, oh, yeah. I, you yeah. know, it's just like <laughs> there's actually a fantastic newsreel of of his designs for men's hats, what? and oh some of them God. are modeled by George Jessel, the, the the old comedian. But they're incredibly bizarre. It's like if you ever wanted to know what it looked like if you took a tam o shanter and a beret and smashed them together. <laughs> oh my God! And he's <laughs> trying to, to get men this. back from the war to yeah. wear these hats. No. He's just it like, hey, you know how you have like, Kenny? Yeah. You know how homophobia is baked in the sauce, and anything anything um feminine might be deemed homosexual. Well, here's a gigantic hat for you, darling. <laughs> Go be a man. <laughs> um, so, uh, and then it, uh, February 5th of 1953, Hopkins was burned to death weeks after what? his 41st birthday in his West Hollywood apartment. Um, the cause was determined to be a fire started by careless smoking in bed. Oh, no. So Which boys and girls do not do smoke in bed. Yeah. Yeah. Lesson, lesson there. Wow. Um, so that's did, qu- that's uh, quite thorough. That's that's very good. I mean, I mean it was have, it was only a one page yeah. article, but yeah. they did they went through everything. So yeah. good on you, kickshopproductions.com. <laughs> one thing we know, well, another thing that we know about him is that uh, he, when he had the the salon in Beverly Hills, he would design about two hundred hats a year for Adrian that oh, Adrian would sell God. through his business. Wow! Because because Kenneth, he was a huge deal. He yeah. And yeah. by the time the the salon was up and running. At full steam, he was like grossing a million dollars a year, like in Jesus. 1948. He was that big. Kenneth yeah. was. Kenneth yeah. was. Holy crap! Yes. That's was, a lot of hats. It's a good time yeah. to be in hats, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. The 40s with like uh, clothing rationing. The one thing that wasn't rationed were hats. Yeah. So mm. you know you could go buck wild with your hats and then have <laughs> two and a half yards of fabric on your body. Yes. You know. <laughs> and he used to, my favorite thing about him is he used to his one piece of advice when buying hats was he would say, "Ladies, never shop for hats with another woman." Interesting. Because the other woman will see herself wearing the hat and will critique how that hat would look on her as opposed to you. And he would say, so he would design hats with men in mind because he said, well, men see women very (laughs) one-dimensionally. They'll just look at the hat and tell you what they think of the hat. And that was kind of, according to him, the key to his success. Well, Interesting. Make those hats sexy. (laughs) 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 (
<laughs> oh my goodness. Um, the hat in this movie, I do want to say, is actually kind of an interesting hat. It's it it's is kind of it feels very like it's got the little small br- it's got the big brim with like the small crown, and then mm-hmm. it's got all that like marabou or fur around the edges. It has a very then, Edwardian feel yeah. to yeah. it. And then it's yeah. got a, a bird. It's got an actual bird on it with the giant with the giant like trimmed. Wing, um, like, it's, yeah, up. the winged, and then it's got like long a long ostrich. It's actually those like um, kind of like. Uh, triangle shaped long feathers are actually mm-hmm. ostrich mm-hmm. tail yeah. plumes that have been trimmed down. Um, there's a name for them, but I don't remember the name of the actual. I'm sure like, this hat is feather, not eco friendly but... whatsoever in this day no. and age. Oh, it's got all no. the things that yeah. are nature. And I'm sure it has mercury in it too. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was, I actually he... loved oh, sorry. how it worked both for the Phantom Lady herself and then on stage. Oh, yeah. oh yes. For yeah. Aurora. Yeah. Yeah. It's very odd that it should really work in both contexts, and I thought it did. Yeah. yeah. And we were we also liked that one of Hopkins' approaches to designing hat was what he would call the basic test, where it was all about the hat without any decoration on it whatsoever. First mm. of all, he would he would try the shape out on the person who was mm. ever going to wear it, and huh. then once the, he was happy with the shape, then he would go nuts with all the ornamentation. Wow. No. So yeah. the hat's got to work on its own. It's That's be great. Solid hat. I, mean, be, I guess that was probably how you would have to think as a milliner. It's just it's a whole science behind you know it's not just making a hat and throwing it on your head. There's a lot more thought behind it it's yeah. pretty fascinating now considering how important the hat is to the story do we want to know how the hat in the book looks because uh, i yeah. can tell you <laughs> i have uh. from the book a description of the hat you'll understand why it can't actually look like this in the movie but this is from cornell woolrich's book okay it resembled a pumpkin not only in shape and size but in color it was flaming orange so vivid it almost hurt the eyes it seemed to light up the whole bar like a low-hanging garden party lantern stemming from the exact center of it was a long thin cockerel feather sticking straight up like the antenna of an insect Whoa. so you can get the feather right yeah. but not it's a black and white movie yeah you're not going to get the orange yeah, the orange. yeah. yeah. that's cool. it's so interesting though that it's like a pumpkin sitting on the top of a woman's head it doesn't even sound very like that I don't know. I wonder if I picture wonder, like yeah. a poofy beret. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna walk in and see a pumpkin in a woman's head and think I want to talk to her. Uh, yeah, hey. I want to get all. She up. knows what's up. Yeah, let me get up in her goodies. <laughs> and like, what do we need on top of this pumpkin? A long feather coming out of the top. <laughs> Just sort of sways in the wind. <laughs> Oh she hoped she was petite or she's ducking in doorways. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, that's so awesome. That is really that's cool. So, I mean, you felt things have to change for movies because yeah. once you put, once you actually like put it on someone's head, I'm sure the direct, I wonder if, um, I do wonder if Kenneth um, Hopkins put, did a pass on that, like try to actually make right, it as the book and there's just like, oh, I don't know about that. Nice effort. Yeah. Start over. Yeah. Val- valiant effort. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, so, Let's see. What did you guys have anything else? You have so many notes there, Vince. I, I come like, prepared. Yes, we love it. I, we're, love it. I'm, we're happy to just dive just into this because yeah. we yeah. love the movie. Oh, so. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, so uh, let's see. I can actually run through the storyline really fast. Um, uh, since we've um, since you've been here last last, I've realized that when we edit down the story, you can actually talk about clothes more. <laughs> 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 um, so the film opens up with a um, Phantom Lady is the film, and the film opens up with um, a visibly annoyed Scott Henderson, played by Alan Curtis. Uh, he's in a bar where he meets a lady in a striking hat, paid paid by Faye Helm. Uh, she seems out of it too. Uh, he has tickets to a show and has gotten stood up so he asks this lady to go with him and um, she accepts after some convincing um, the one catch she wants no names and no vital statistics <laughs> just tonight <laughs> watching that I was just like where is this going <laughs> I'm like, it's, that, it sounds like a tinder hookup you know, um, so they take a cab to the show where um, the drummer in the band notices her hat um, as does the lead in the show Estella Montero played by Aurora Miranda as um Credit is as Aurora. We got to note that this is Carmen Miranda's sister. Oh yes, yes. yes. yes Which I have to. We have to take some moments to talk about that. Like she yes. was. Um, she was interesting. Her sister. As, yeah, she was yes. her sister. She, her grasp of the English language and acting was, you know, something. <laughs> 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 you know, I mean, she was in a movie. I wasn't, so <laughs> she's done better than I did. Um, so Estella shoots daggers at the lady from the stage um, for having the same hat. Um, when she gets off the stage, she promptly um, has the hat disposed of. Estella only wears custom. 
Yeah. <laughs> Only. <laughs> um, so after the show, Scott drops his lady friend back off at the bar, uh, then heads home. When he arrives, he is greeted by Inspector Burgess, played by Thomas Gomez, uh, because his wife has been murdered by sh- being strangled by one of his own ties. So Burgess questions Scott about his whereabouts. After hearing this, um, the story, Burgess takes Scott around and tries to establish this alibi. So back at the bar. The bartender, played by Andrew Tomes, remembers Scott but doesn't remember him being with any woman. Um, The cab driver doesn't remember any woman with him, and Estella dismisses any notion of a woman wearing the same hat as her, since she only wears customs. As been established before. <laughs> yes. So custom. Again, key to the plot. Yeah, very key. <laughs> and key, apparently key to um, Estella's, uh, you know. Reason self- for living. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Her self-worth is measured by custom hats. <laughs> well, it is the 40s. Yes. So uh, since no solid alibi can be established, Scott is officially charged with murder. Um, that same morning, Scott's assistant, Carol a.k.a. Kansas Richmond, played by Ella Raines, uh, reads the news of the murder in the paper. She attends the trial to support her boss, where he is found guilty. Uh, he exhausts all of his appeals and is sentenced to death, and Carol steps in to prove Scott's innocence. So, first, Carol stakes out the bar where Scott and his lady started their evening. The bartender is super creeped out by her, since all she does is sit there at the end of the bar all night. <laughs> Creepy and scary. <laughs> um, one evening, she follows him home, and she confronts him where he is um, restrained by some street folk. Uh, he bre- breaks free and runs into traffic and is hit by a truck. Um, that scene was super creepy on the, um, yeah. on the platform. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really good. I that mean, was great. There, I was just like, he's going to push her in the tracks. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so then uh, Carol heads home where she is greeted by Burgess. Uh, he loves being in people's apartments when they come home. It's yeah. kind of his thing. It's, thing. <laughs> it's, it's just, a perk of the job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just like, he's like, hi. It's like, oh, no one invited you in. <laughs> Uh, so he offers her um, he offers to help her unofficially uh, he wants to prove Scott's innocence uh, Burgess believes Scott's story since the alibi is so flimsy it has to be real um, <laughs> Burgess provides Carol with information on the drummer of the show from the show played by Elijah Cook Jr uh, Carol goes to the show and poses as a hep cat um, to get Cliff's attention and hopefully information as to why he's lying about not seeing any woman with her um, with Scott sorry so after a creepy post-show jam sesh at a jazz basement, <laughs> they end up at his Which pl- deserves a show of its own. I know, I, right? I mean, <laughs> we have to. This we'll, is jam sesh. We will, <laughs> with all the beat. Yes. <laughs> we are going to have to come back, um, circle around back to that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, they end up at his flop house where he admits that someone paid him off to claim that he didn't see any woman. Um, he, sh- he knocks over her purse and he realizes that she isn't who she claims to be and threatens to menace her. Uh, so Carol manages to escape and call Burgess to come over and pick up Cliff. While she's away, Cliff's benefactor shows up at Cliff's apartment and kills him to keep him quiet. While visiting Scott the next day in jail, Jack Marlowe, played by Franco Tone, Scott's best friend and business associate, shows up. There's a twist, though. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> this is the man, same man that killed Cliff. Oh, so many exclamation points. <laughs> uh, so Jack offers his services to Carol to help clear Scott. Also, he wants to stay close to, to close to her, you know, to the investigation. Uh, that night, uh, Carol, Jack, and Burgess hang out at the closing party for Estella's show to try and dig up any information to no avail. Uh, Carol go, um, goes to question Estella the next morning about her milliner, only to realize that she's left town early. A dead end? Nope. This is when she sees the hat boxes from Katisha. Katisha. Uh, to the milliners! <laughs> Both days. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so Carol, Jack, uh, Carol and Jack question Madame Katisha, played by Doris Lloyd, uh, to find out... Um, to find out that um, one of her hat makers did end up copying Estella's hat for a client and um, the young lady gives the information to Carol after she explains that sh- um, she could help save Scott's life. So they go to the home of Anne Terry where they find her in a state of psychosis after the sudden death of a fiancé. Uh, Carol convinces her to let her have the hat to prove Scott's story and then at Jack's apartment they wait for Burgess to arrive. Carol goes to freshen up when she discovers evidence that Jack killed Cliff. Uh, so she puts it together that um, that he skilled killed Scott's wife, um, as well as Jack. Um, oh, sorry. She puts it together that she killed that he killed Scott's wife. Um, so Jack threatens to Carol when Burgess comes busting through the doors. Carol escapes Jack's grip and he falls to his death trying to escape. Flash forward to Scott's office where things are getting back to normal after he leaves the meeting. 
or after he leaves for meetings, Carol listens to the dictaphone where Scott professes his love for her. The end. And then we're closed with a wonderful, um, wonderful message to remember to buy war bonds. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So don't forget to buy war bonds, everybody. Your country needs you. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Where to start on this movie? So much material. Yes. It's just ridiculous. Fantastic looks. Okay, first of all, we can go around. I want to know what is Kathleen. What is your favorite look from this movie? Honestly, I love her coat that she wears when she's stalking the bartender, oh, and yes. it's very luminous and kind of ghostly. Mm-hmm. Oh, I want. Yeah. I actually want it. It's got like a hood on it. It almost looks it's... like that clear rubber from back in the it day. Does. It's like that's yeah, sort of like it does. translucent. It could be, yeah. Yeah. yeah, fantastic. That's... And she has very sensible. No, it's not fancy. I'm like, <laughs> it's like my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys have favorite looks from the movie? My or any favorite highlights? look is just. <laughs> Kansas's like business wardrobe. I want yes. all yeah. of those clothes. I want to wear them to work. Fantastic. The yeah. white blouse with the stripes mm-hmm. on it. Oh, I, yes. I would love to know what colors those stripes are. Me too. Yes. Clearly they're like three different almost. Yes. Oh yeah, they do look like she different looks tones. great. I love her hair. I love her everything about perfect. her. She's like yeah. put together like functional forties. I love mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Ella Rains is killing it in this movie. Oh, oh yeah. She's so gorgeous. Good. I'm surprised yeah. that she didn't have like a more prolific career, mm-hmm. honestly. She yeah, just she didn't make that many films. Yeah, mm-hmm. she looks like I was telling you. She looks like a cross between Jean Tierney and Lauren Bacall, like yes. the two together. <laughs> but she's really pretty, and I was reading that she's from here. She's from Washington. She is. Oh, that's she's right. She yeah. studied so drama cool. at the UW. Yeah, <laughs> came from Snohomish. Local Canada. girl. Wow. Yeah. And a lot of her career, actually, her look in the movie is based on the look of the movie's producer, Joan oh. Harrison. Oh. Um, wow. Who. It was a protege of Hitchcock, did a lot of work on, mm-hmm. on Hitchcock movies, is credited with the script for Rebecca and a bunch of other things. Oh, and wow. we, it has to be pointed out, this is this was her debut as a producer, mm-hmm. and she's billed as associate producer, even though no other producers are credited. Yeah, so she's, because she produced the film. She produced wow. the movie, but they couldn't. They didn't want to actually say that. But her look and her whole demeanor is is in Ella Rains is in the movie is very much oh, Joan so Harrison. Cool. Wow. And they did uh, they did a number of projects together. They yeah, they a became movie friends from this film. called oh, The Strange Affair of Uncle nice. Harry, where Ella Rains plays a fashion designer. Oh, uh, wow. Joan Harrison produced uh, a TV list. show. Ella Rains <laughs> did later. Wow. So, yeah, she looks yeah. really great, really smart, and just. Yeah, I, I love her look. So it's not it's not really a look, but my favorite thing about this movie in terms of the wardrobe is repeat wardrobe. Yes. Oh, which right. is amazing because yeah. I feel like you never see that because she so has real, a yeah. job and mm-hmm. she will actually wear outfits again because, mm-hmm. you know, she's got to pay the bills. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny you'd think, like, associate producer. Might as well just say lady producer. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> they tried that out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 It's like, we can read between the lines. Associate <laughs> producer. <laughs> lady. In parentheses. <laughs> oh, my God. We do, um, I do have to point out her. Um, her floozy outfit. Her floozy outfit. Oh, I, I want those mean, shoes. <laughs> when, well, first of all, when she came, when it cut to her, and it was just, like, her legs, and it, like, scroll, like yes. panned up to her, and she's, like, chewing yeah. the gum. And I was just like, oh, I love a lady in floozy drag. It's yeah. so good. She's just like, and right, the like chomping on the uh, chomping on the gum, and she yeah, like ankle strap. Yes, oh, that is so good. Yeah. She yeah. knew exactly what she was doing with Cliff. She's like, he he likes them easy, and he likes them chewing gum. <laughs> and like her, even it's great. Like even her, everything did look cheap. Like her, like you know, it's like cheap shiny satin. Her mm-hmm. purse right. looked like plastic. Like everything mm-hmm. was very cheapy looking, and they they talk about that. Yeah, and like her, you know, do you and, like my hat? Yeah. <laughs> and isn't that the only time she wears a hat in the? Film. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you notice yeah. that in the courtroom, all the other women have hats on and she's not wearing she's one? She's hatless. Huh. Yeah. Wow. Like that. Well, that ruled her out of being the Phantom Lady. Yeah. <laughs> I feel uh, like it also implies like she's so upset that she's just not even thinking of those little right. things. Like right. she's just, be she's so like oh, one track yeah. mind and mm-hmm. like all of this. And it's just, I don't know. It, it, and it does pull her out. It does pull focus to her because she, she does stand right. up for she's not different. being fully dressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, her floozy outfit, though, I love that she's got the big clunky shoes and she's got the flounce sleeves. Yes. And it was a very mm-hmm. strange scene, though, that like when they went back to her house and he's like oddly fixated on her clothes, like being cheap and being like her head yeah. not into her head. And he's like, I know all about hats. I'm like, why are you suddenly like a fashion expert for no reason? I'm just like, what is happening with this she guy? She looks like a cartoon, like a Warner Brothers, like, like pinup girl, war, like in a wartime mm-hmm. Warner, Warner Brothers cartoon. Exactly. Very cartoon. I love that. 
Yeah, and, and Elisha then, Cook Jr. does almost turn into a cartoon wolf. Yes, yeah. And that dress ripped really easily. Too. Yes, oh, yeah. yes, it did. I'm sure it had seams to break away seams. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like at the shoulders and yeah. stuff. Um, that scene in the in the um, I guess the jazz joint, if you will, was most upsetting. No, yes. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> unnerving. Yes. <laughs> it's just like I don't know what I'm watching, but yeah. I feel like this is a euphemism for some sort of drug-addled sex. <laughs> like, yes. It is. <laughs> so scary! Like, what is happening? And how did it get past the censors? Yes, because I, I that, that yeah, whole climax. It was clearly yeah. a like, climax, or even like a failed climax, because it's mm. so like you could see him like gritting his teeth, and I'm just like, oh my god, this is so gross. Yeah, yeah. and then yeah. she throws back her head and laughs at him. Yes, I know. <laughs> it's just like, what is yeah. happening? The whole scene—it's like yeah. one of the most claustrophobic things I think I've seen mm-hmm. and felt like on film, because it feels like even as the scene goes on, it gets smaller and smaller, and she's like sitting closer to the musicians, oh, and it's right like, in the camera angles. Or, yeah. yeah, odd is it high odd, or low? Yeah, or, like deranged. Yeah. yeah. So and there's, I, I'm, I'm never 100 percent sure of this, but it looks like there's like a little doll hanging from the ceiling. Yes, yeah, it's and so it, weird. Yeah, yeah so there's strange. just like the set design there is also very disturbing. Read and I would madness. love to, to, just to hear them explaining this to yeah. the production code people, saying they're just enjoying some music. She's, yeah. she's admiring his artistry. Yes. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, you know, dude, beat they're beatniks. Yeah. yeah. They're like, oh, those reefer heads. They're so weird. <laughs> Clearly, though. Um, I loved. I actually really loved all of everything that um, uh, Estella wore too. She had some fantastic stage stage mm-hmm. outfits. She had actually had some beautiful, like um, just some like day looks as she well. She had some great looks. Yes, and you know she was like, oh, she's like, oh, what am I going to do? I don't understand why I cannot take a later flight. And I'm like, <laughs> you guys don't want to take a second pass on that delivery. <laughs> it's pretty stilted and strange, but um, my she, fear is that was the best one that they oh, got. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. You want to see the other 16 yeah, takes because yeah. they're not any better. <laughs> oh my God. I just love that, like during this time that like America had Latin fever. So like a lot of these movies, yes. they're always going to like a Latin club. There's Latin entertainers. Oh, and there's yeah. just a lot of that influence around, which I love. Yeah. I just love that. Like, it's like you know, 1940s Latin kind of like I don't know moment in time with fashion and influence. It's so fantastic! Cool. And the the show the show's title was like Chicky Boom Boom. Yeah, or something. exactly. <laughs> just so here to perform the title yeah. song. We're warm up with the Three Caballeros. <laughs> <laughs> she was in the Three Caballeros. Yeah, is actually, that right? Yeah, which I, that's what it made me think of. Yeah. Just that kind of real animated like. You I know. remember watching that as a kid, and for some reason, just absolutely it's one of my favorite Disney movies was the Three Caballeros. Yeah. Yeah. No and then the parrot that was in the movie never came main never like Disney was just like and hey, we're done with that guy he didn't break it yeah we're like he smoked a cigar it wasn't good for kids <laughs> <laughs> cigar and a boater he's up to no good put him up there with the crows and Dumbo like yeah. just, it's a dark dark time <laughs> oh my goodness um, there's so much to talk about in this all the look I mean I re- there was another one that she wore actually Ella Rain's, I don't, I don't know if I have a picture of it. There was that dress that she wore when they were at the party. This this one, sorry. Do, 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 do. Technical difficulty. At the party when they're um, at the theater, there's this wonderful like draped ga- dress that she has. Mm-hmm. And it has these big, giant like graphic lace pieces on them and on the shoulder and then on the opposite wrist. And it's so beautiful. And these strong, strong 1940 yes, shoulders. Yes, a lot of strong <laughs> shoulders. So good. Everyone's shoulders are at a 90 degree angle in this movie. It's pretty great. Exactly. <laughs> well, there's a jacket that she wears when she visits him in prison. She's got a like a polka dot blouse under it. Oh. And then the jacket is so beautifully fitted on her. Yeah. like, if all my clothes fit like that, I would look amazing all the time. No, the tailoring during this time is exquisite. Yes. It's just so beautiful. Yeah. The I mean, there's also... Oh, I loved there, too, during, when, during that scene. There's that weird... Um, that weird guy who's like, I was in, I, as he's talking about b- his interaction with Barrymore, and then that lady is like stretching in the, the background. Contortionist, basically. <laughs> she's like, so weird. I was like yeah. watching him, like, wait, if the show's closing, why is she still stretching? <laughs> she can't help herself. Well, the, movie, the movie's full of like these great little throwaway moments with the with the yeah. supporting characters because he's some actor in the show, is saying, and then Barrymore told me I was the great Polonius of my age. And this contortionist says, really? <laughs> <laughs> so many strange no. Like yeah. Or like two cops talking about what flavor of ice cream you always yeah, want to get. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Never go wrong with vanilla. And I was like, I, I think I said to myself, hey, that's yeah, my, like, that's yeah, my, yeah, my point. Yeah. Yeah. Pistachio no. is always a gamble. Yeah, it is. It's a 
<laughs> oh my god. Um, so yeah, the um, the hat and the the entire look that actually the Phantom Lady, Miss Terry, if you will, um, which I think is funny that she's. I think they even pointed out in the trivia that her name is Miss Terry, and it was like, yeah. mi- basically mystery, mystery. Miss Terry. And yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. wow, really on the nose there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's worth. It is one thing that's worth pointing out is that Faye Helm, who plays that part, mm. was originally supposed to be Kansas. Oh really? She was originally supposed that. to take, and yeah. then they were able to get Ella Raines from Howard Hawks's company and and oh. moved her over into the other part. Oh wow. But she She's fantastic. Yeah, she I, I thought oh, she was great. The yeah. scene where you find out exactly why she's kind of disappeared, it's yeah. like that is that that just comes from out of left field. Yeah. It's such a and it's such a sad. It's very yeah. sad. And when you she go back and job. look at the movie again yeah. and you realize, oh, this is what she's experiencing at the yeah. beginning of the movie when she's talking to Alan Curtis, it's, it's you feel so bad for yeah, her. It, yeah, it does, and it all kind of falls into place. You're like, yeah, because you really don't understand what's going on with her at in the beginning mm-hmm. at all and then mm-hmm. she's just gone but yeah as it unfolds and I thought that the scenes between her and Ella Raines where she's like getting the hat from her and just sort of comforting her were really touching and I just wasn't expecting that to, to go that way and it was great yeah. I loved it you didn't expect yeah. her to smash a vase over and steal that. <laughs> well, no, I just, I just, yeah, but just the intensity oh, of yeah. like why, you know, and then her just giving, you know, just being so compassionate with her in that moment and everything. I thought was awesome. Yeah, yeah. it was yeah. really, great, great uh, yeah, and I'm just the idea of someone like that would be really tough if your fiance died right before your wedding. It's just yeah, like, sends her into psychosis. Well, and think of yeah. like wartime, like that was happening all the time. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like a lot of death during that time as well. So I feel like it was probably I. I mean, I don't know for sure, but it sounds like it feels like it was addressing a lot of like wartime issues and mm, things yes. around that. And even just with the fashions, because like I was saying, there was rationing on fabric, but not a rationing on furs, accessories, hats and mm-hmm. like jewelry and things. So, you know, people may have these like modest suits and they're just a blank canvas for minks and <laughs> huge hats and beautiful brooches that trickle down one shoulder. And like even in the beginning, I love how, um, she, you know, she's wearing the big hat, but then she also has the oh, suit yeah. on with those beautiful like butterflies swing down. I just kept staring at them. It was gorgeous. (laughs) So beautiful. Uh, it's really nice too that they um, online there's a bunch of photos of the front and the back of the hat, so you get a nice view, like a nice. 360 yes. view of this hat in case anybody wants to cosplay. For all the hat queens, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> yeah, all the hat queens and the cosplay queens, you really want to do a deep cut. It actually famous. is a really amazing hat. Like you could totally do that again, like with a almost like a 1900s Edwardian. It has a Gibson right. girl mm-hmm. feel and look it to does. it. And yeah. uh, again, you could take that basic shape and yep. put whatever kind of ornamentation you want on it, and it would look completely different. Exactly. And yet still work. Yeah. Loved it. I want to know how many hat pins were required to put that thing in though, because it kind of like floats on the top probably, of her head. Probably, well, because she had it in the French twist. She probably yeah. had one going right through her hairdo to kind of anchor it. Maybe one, like they used to do two, like one in back and front, just yeah. depended. And if you were like my grandma, you would take it out on the subway and stab guys with it when they tried to feel you up. Yes, so. <laughs> yes, you would. Yes, you would. There's a lot She's of documentation. Of that. Yeah, articles yeah. yeah. and newspapers and stuff from that time period. Yeah, it's kind of that amazing. was yeah. that was a story I heard I, growing up. Didn't they? Um, I think it wasn't there. Um, that they were considering legislation to get rid of hat pins because they felt that women were using them too liberally mm-hmm. to like keep men at bay. And I was like, oh, well, go- maybe they need to not get so handsy yeah. on the subway. Yeah, you know? like, really? <laughs> maybe they're Look not the yourself. ones with the problem. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so blame it on the hat, the lady with the hat pin. That's yeah. the problem. <laughs> good God. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, Stop being so good looking, damn it. Yes. <laughs> too sexy, too sexy. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, the suits were fantastic in this movie mm-hmm. too. The tailoring was exquisite. I yeah. love yes. it. Um, Franco Tone's uh, double-breasted tuxedo he, his at the party were scene. Fabulous. I was just like, mm-hmm. I know you crazy and all, yeah. but you look real good. You got that <laughs> you, crazy person. I mean, you on point. <laughs> you got them strong shoulders. The yeah. double-breasted suit. You're killing it. It's a beautiful oh. time for men's suits. Yes. I think one of the greatest eras for yes. suits in general. Just agree. Men and women both. And that scarf that he whips off to kill Alicia Cook Jr. Yes. Oh my God. It's like oh. Take it with you. Don't leave it on the body. It's too good looking. You can wash that right right? out. Exactly. I know. Well, too many bad memories. (laughs) Moving on. Um, This is. um, It was so funny because I was watching when the movie first started. I um, when I watched, I didn't. I wasn't as familiar with Franco Tone as I probably should have been, knowing that um, this was you know Joan Crawford's lover for quite some time. Mm -hmm. Uh, The movie started and it was uh, the other guy, Alan. Alan Curtis. Alan Curtis. So Alan Curtis. 
Curtis came on screen and I was just like, I thought he was Franchot Joan because he was the lead. Not gonna lie, I did too. Yeah, and the first, my first thought was like, go girl. I mean, like Joan Crawford picked a good one, and then Franchot Joan came on. I was like, oh, that's Franchot. This is like because, yeah, because Alan Curtis was a hard time in this movie. I thought he was former male model. Oh, that was how he started. Well, that makes sense. I was gonna say he's like a better looking Leonardo DiCaprio from like Gatsby. Like that's what I kind of thought of or that look. Yeah, but better looking, more handsome. Yeah. He wore the he wore the mustache. I mean, nice. he yeah. pulled off that mustache, which is a hard look to pull off. It is off, a hard yeah. look. But it was. Yeah. I mean, he it was worked. killing it. Yeah. 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 But you felt for him too as a person. You're just like, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't want bad things to happen yeah. to you. Like yeah. it was. No, he was questioning his own sanity. Yeah. You never like yeah. to see that. That's, yeah. It's that great. is the essential Cornell Woolrich moment where he starts to say to himself, maybe I just made her up. It would be easier for me to believe yeah. that right. I'm going crazy than yeah. to think that this woman is out there. Yeah, he's like getting broken down. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. is that is hardcore Cornell Woolridge right yeah. there. Yeah, he did great. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. I don't want to breeze past it. So you said he's a male model, so I should Google image search um, Alan Curtis shirtless. shirtless. Yeah, that makes more, you know, yeah. more, more in an arrow shirt, I would think. Yeah. But, yeah. Oh, he's young. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe. Just a mustache. That's what, I, that's what I always do whenever I find someone dreamy from the 40s. It's like, so and so shirtless. Oh, like John Payne. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, Payne. I'm like, uh, I mean, I just start typing in Mickey Hargitay in the first thing. It just auto populates. And I'm like, yeah, one, yeah. one more time. Let's <laughs> and let's separate you and Rod Taylor. Yeah, There's Rod a lot Taylor. Of yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness! So, yep, we got to spoiled put... for choice on shirtless Rod Taylor. Yeah, so, right? yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, we um, gonna put we're gonna put Alan Curtis right in the you know yeah. in that file in him the, away the yeah. Daddy Crush yeah. camp. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Welcome to the roster. Yes, <laughs> you've been added. Put you right in the picture, right in the bank. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good old objectification <laughs> of dead people. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, was do you guys have? You have so much highlighted Vince. No, that's to, just again. I come prepared. It's come a, prepared. one thing about this movie that always amazes me when I when I watch it is how oddly structured it is. I feel like mm-hmm. you'd never get it away is. with it now. First half of the movie, it's like all Alan Curtis. Yes, mm-hmm. and it's almost a half an hour in before. Ella Rains really comes yeah. in and takes mm-hmm. over the story, and then it's another half hour before French Tone shows up. Yes, yeah, it was. And I feel like when watch. he gets there, it's like he's like, I don't have a lot of time, so I really got to go. I really got to go <laughs> yeah. crazy yeah. early. Fully commit. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> so there's not a lot of nuance when Franco shows up. Yeah, and, and, yeah, and, but that works for me. It does. The first time I saw it, I thought, huh. I, I wasn't totally on board with it. Now I'm like, oh, he's coming. He's coming. Yeah. He's yeah. coming and here comes the crazy. Yeah, he no, yeah. I love it because yeah. he's like the egotistical artist who's kind of like, and he's got this like unchecked mental illness that he's allowed <laughs> yeah. to thrive with, which mm-hmm. some artists are allowed to do. And he's just, yeah. And I love how he's got like, you know, the obsession with the hands and it works for being like, just like that really driven kind of deranged sculptor kind of thing. It's, yes. Yeah. It added to the his spookiness for sure. Yeah. And all <laughs> that's, that, that whole sequence at the end in his apartment where yes. it's like, we're living in his head right now. Yes. This, Oh, yeah. This yeah. is actually the inside of his head. It's this crazy kind mm-hmm. of like Ayn Rand apartment where it's just oh, like yeah. hands yeah, and sculpture. heads and giant windows. Yeah, and like you no see furniture. Ellen, she turns nope. a corner, she's terrified, and you realize she's looking at that giant head. Yeah. Like you think it's him. And it's like... <laughs> it is really creepy. There's like yeah. nothing yeah. in there except yeah. for like some random bed that's like built into the middle of the room, like yeah. a, a chaise lounge or something. Yeah, like on mid-century like... avant-garde. Yeah, yeah. for real. Yeah. So when yeah. I have my spells, I fall onto the yeah. fainting couch. Get better. <laughs> it's like Which looks like it's made with cinder blocks. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's like full marble. It's, yeah. It really keeps you cool. At night. Yeah. It's hot I like edges. Yes. <laughs> Any clean surfaces, darling. Clean yes, surfaces. Clean surfaces. <laughs> oh, God. Um, Jesus, what was I gonna? I was going to say about the. Um, I did want to point out that there's a couple of interesting points. Like I, the first time I watched it, or maybe the second time I watched it, and he goes home. The, in the beginning, um, you know, Scott goes home, and he the cops are there and his wife is dead and mm-hmm. i was like who put in that call like yeah. who called on the dead wife because oh. he it shouldn't it shouldn't have been him finding his wife unless mm-hmm. somebody had called it in and i was mm-hmm. just like because the other one when um you know when uh the drummer died there it was clear who i mean to find that dead body but i was just so confused well maybe why. it was franchise his character maybe. probably because he killed her and yeah. then maybe just tipped off tipped them off because and that was the whole thing too was that he was having an affair with her and he killed her because, mm-hmm. you know, she laughed at him because we all know that that's the worst thing you can do to men, just laugh <laughs> yeah. at them. Yeah. And so she had to die. And, uh, you know, and they're so it's just and then you just set him up. You yeah. just it was 
But again, like on a second watch, I'm like, oh, all that kind of clicks in and it makes yeah. more sense. Mm-hmm. But I felt like you too. I was a little discombobulated. Like, what's going on? And yeah. they're just there and she's dead. And, you know, but I feel also too, um, his wife reminds me of like Rebecca, like the character oh, of yes. Rebecca, mm-hmm. where she's just this very kind of like carefree and like, you know, unfaithful and kind of sociopath, you mm-hmm. know, and, mm-hmm. and women can be evil too. But I love that there's that. That he sounds like he's married to like a Rebecca, you know. Yes. And, but and we, we never see her. We, we just never see, see her enormous exactly. painting. Yes. yes, and that was yeah. an interesting. And people I, talking yeah. about her and like you know, Francho. I mean, he was obsessed with mm-hmm. her, and then the fact that you know she kind of blew him off. It wasn't a big deal. He just couldn't like his ego couldn't handle. Right, and I think her this, ego. this movie was listed. I had found like a random article about um, like film noir and falling in love with paintings and like the women in <laughs> oh, the paintings. Yes. And this one was on the list, like as like, like um, Laura. Laura was like mm-hmm. with the other films where there's always a painting. Of a woman that someone mm-hmm. always so it was interesting that they panned over and they saw the painting of the woman. I was like, there it is. Right. Yeah, it just made so like it, tonally, it just made so much sense. She's, yeah. yeah, she's looming everywhere yes. in that scene, but you never see her. And then mm-hmm. you get that that moment that always kind of like breaks me up when they're carrying her out. And again, you don't see her. Yeah, but you just have Alan Curtis suddenly freaking out and saying, "Her hair dragging yeah. on the floor." Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's so that's it's like a so horror good. Movie. Yeah. yeah. It was it was kind of interesting just to, the way that they filmed those back in the day because they weren't allowed to show anything gruesome. It's just you, it's almost more effective to show people's reaction. Oh, I love it. To yeah. it. I love the like, thriller. It's almost yeah. like haunting in a way. Where yeah. You're just, oh, well, like Hitchcock stuff. I mean, you mentioning mm-hmm. Rear Window. That's my number one favorite movie of all time, like mm-hmm. all time. And that's why we haven't done it yet. I'm like saving it. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I love it, and I love just everything every all those aspects about it and the fact that you can be completely scared and not really see a drop of blood mm-hmm. you know and and it's a lot to do with your your own imagination and your mind building it up and it's just it it stimulates your mind to continue the story and like make up other things going on around it mm-hmm. and i just love it yes. it never gets yeah. old I love yeah that. and this story yeah. does that and I that's kind of what I'm oh, sorry. It no. happens with the bartender. Oh yeah, where he's in his mind. He's like, yes. why is this woman staring at me? Why is she coming here yeah. night after night? And yeah. there's something about her following him mm-hmm. through the rain-soaked streets. I'm like, yeah, get him, girl. Exactly. <laughs> and such she's a reversal just of so the soft woman. Being and yeah. Pretty. yeah, she's got that yeah. luminous look with the, almost ghostly with the coat on, and she's and the way they do that light, and she's just giving him like the death stare for yes. hours, and it's great. It's yeah. so it's it is unnerving because she's so pretty. You know, it's not yeah. like how could she you know, be this avenging yeah, angel or exactly. whatever he thinks? Yeah, and it I think it makes it that's what he's it makes it more upsettling to the men as well mm-hmm. that she's just so. Pers- doggedly persistent yeah. it's great <laughs> I did wish that the ending was basic would have been it would have been more satisfying for me at the end if uh, Burgess had said like hey you know if you ever want a job investigating it would have been kind of <laughs> like a nice like a setup even if they don't make a series out of it it just would have been nice to for him to like recognize mm-hmm. and be like hey you are you are a good gumshoe yeah <laughs> but at least he didn't ask her to stop working and marry him that oh, was yeah. good like yeah. it, you, they leave that open ended where I'm like well that's good yeah. <laughs> like you're still working then and oh. you can just good <laughs> marry your marry your boss where there's a power dynamic and things yeah. could get dicey. <laughs> yeah. Give up that one thing that gives you a reason for living. Get, go ahead. I just feel like there's a lot of we see a lot of that in those mid-century like probably because this was made during the war you don't see that but then like right after the war it's like okay girls get back in the house (laughs) put that ring on this (laughs) this baby boom's not gonna happen by itself (laughs) get to work thank you for your service you know building weapons and all now go make babies (laughs) I do think it's funny that your favorite movie is Rear Window and my favorite movie is Thoroughly Modern Millie I think it says a lot about us it does yeah Yeah. they both take place in New York that's true there you go yeah I'm frivolous and shallow. <laughs> Dark and complicated. <laughs> and it explains the magic of yes, the show. Yes, That's yes, what it does. Exactly. exactly. It's a balance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But Kathleen's always grounding it. I'm making fart jokes. It's great. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, my goodness. Um, let's see. What else is there to talk about in this film? There's so much good stuff. I have a pet peeve, if yes, I could just bring it up. Sure. Do. You read about this movie online, mm-hmm. and it's always, oh, and Ella Raines plays a secretary, Kansas. <laughs> yeah. And I watched it the first time, I, well, the second time, I guess, we watched the yeah. film. I said, she is not his secretary. She is the office manager. Exactly. Yeah, she is. supervises yeah. that other girl. I was, she does. She's not the secretary. I, I noticed that, too, because I was reading recaps and stuff, and they mentioned that, you know, it's like, like you said, his secretary. I was like, 
but she has a secretary. So yeah. she's technically not a secretary. She's not the secretary. <laughs> yeah. She's like the second principal in that. Uh, yeah. In that like, at the very business. least, she's his assistant. She's yeah. Girl Friday, really. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, yeah. It's like, she's yeah. getting this, things done. The this is more life. than a pet peeve because you were, <laughs> yeah. you were, there's a chain of command here. <laughs> yeah. You were That's very true. emphatic about how this is, this is not a secretary. Yeah. There's more going and on. And I actually love that the other secretary, so the younger woman, what mm-hmm. she's wearing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And it just kind of makes her look kind of girlish. Yes. Oh, we're upset. Oh, the boss got, you know, his wife was killed yeah. yeah are you gonna be okay with that yeah so yeah. cute I actually did love this scene that they had where they showed him taking shorthand where it was like the, yes. fil- yeah. the POV of the shorthand I was like I don't think I've ever actually seen shorthand before yeah. I was like this is yeah. cool that's like the court reporting mm-hmm. like, yeah. Yeah, yeah before they had this deno like yeah. the, the typewriters which <laughs> I think is really awesome which yes. little known fact those people are well paid yeah by the yeah. way because yeah. a lot um, of accountability be, and yeah. apparently be they're yeah. well paid because of their skill and they own the transcript Whoa, so in no order way. to really? get trans- court transcripts, really? you have to pay for them from the stenographer. Wow. It's like a whole wow. thing. I didn't know that. Ryan told me that because he, <laughs> he works in the law profession. <laughs> nice. Yeah. This has been stenography wow. facts with Philip <laughs> 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 Yeah, it's. I can't watch anything. I can't watch anything legal with him because it's just. I mean, just he ruins the, it. Fun. Just the, not yeah. even. The, it's like the basic stuff. Well, there'll be like an episode of Law and Order. He's like the prosecution sitting on the wrong side, and I'm like, whoa, oh, that's just like cuts up basically. Like what? Yeah, they should get that right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I guess they just like, well, that's too... Sam Waterston doesn't need to be that close to the yeah. camera. <laughs> like, I only give me shot from my left. Yeah. yeah. It's me on the other side. You know that's probably oh, why. Yeah. Oh, my God. Claudia Colbert, attorney at law. Yeah, please, please let Sam Waterston be Mariah Carey, where he's oh, like, yeah. this is my bad side. <laughs> and turn the entire thing around. <laughs> I just love the idea of him being a diva, even yeah. though it's not true. It would be, be It'd just be a great rumor. You know, Sam Waterston, diva all the way. Always shot. Don't on the get left. his right yes. side. And he requires all green M&M's. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if tiptoeing around him. <laughs> this, has been, this has been Law & Order Rumors. <laughs> Allegedly. Oh, my goodness. Oh, God. There's... I think we it seems like we covered almost all yeah. of that in this film. There's so much good stuff. And I mean we're gonna cover another noir film next next episode. Yeah, so. for sure. Yeah, and I hope we awesome. do more uh movies that were Vera West but you know, costume view well, designed by Vera West because I'd like to learn more about her too. I mean, even when we were you were first telling me I'm like, so the lady who did all the monster movies was mysteriously killed. Yes. <laughs> Wait, did you make this up? <laughs> no, really, did you make this up? Because no, you I can't make this it. shit yeah. up. It's like- and then I started really reading, like, oh God, like why have I'm surprised like James Elroy didn't cover this somehow in a novel I somewhere. Know. At know? the very least, yeah. do some sort of throwaway yeah. scene where they show up to the crime scene. And it is like, the same year as the Black Dahlia murder. I just want to say, yes, like, it is. Yeah, wow. 47. This has been L.A. Facts. Because <laughs> I'm just like, really? Wait, so what you're saying is do you think that she killed herself because she killed the black no, I'm, I'm just saying there was a lot of shady stuff going on in the late 40s, post-war uh, Los Angeles. Yeah, that, what do you, you think know. that's about? Well, it could be the quality of the police and all that that was going on. Oh Who was in people's pockets and yeah, stuff. That's true. Did, we, did you need to, uh, is there anything else that we need to cover before we close out on this fantastic film? I think we've I've, covered yeah, it, I think all. Yeah. it all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, so. unless we want to talk about again how gorgeous it looks. It's it like is so many fantastic. like hardcore film noir images. Oh, that in lighting! This. Mwah, it's beautiful. <laughs> Thank you, Woody Burdell, the cinematographer. Like that that shot when she's visiting him in prison. Yes, uh, and it's the first time he ki- that she acknowledges that she's in love with him, and mm-hmm. he thinks she's talking about her new boss. Yeah. Doesn't realize it's the old boss. It's but the so light touching. coming through the window there is just so like, good. Ah. And yeah. that's like noir in a nutshell. Yeah. That yes. shot. I mean, it's like this is what you would refer to when you say things are cinematic. Like this yes. is exactly what they're right. talking. The about. The lighting these. of her face when she's at the bar, and you can still see almost like the halo of her coat, or like mm-hmm. or those shots where she's walking through the streets. Mm-hmm. And again, just like that's why the coat's my favorite. It just lights up that coat in that really luminous way, but but it's sinister at the same time. You oh, know, yeah. it's just yeah, like an angel of death kind of thing. Loved yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's Robert Yudmak too. Wow, uh, the director who did who's like pound for pound maybe like the the top noir director. He did a. Uh, a really interesting movie, again with costumes by Vera West called mm-hmm. Christmas Holiday. Oh. Huh. Which starred Deanna Durbin and Gene Kelly. <laughs> and everybody thought, oh, it's a fun Christmas musical. It's like, no, it's a dark, twisted tale of obsessive love. And it died a horrible death at the box office. But what? is a really fascinating yeah. movie. I want to see Gene Kelly in a dark movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. Dark Spoiler. Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, I would don't. Yeah. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone dies. <laughs> I mean, do you really want to do Holiday Inn? I mean, yeah. uh, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> that's one's awkward. <laughs> um, that sounds amazing. I love the idea of um, Gene Kelly in a dark movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. His I mean, fans didn't like it, but it's very interesting. Yeah, now. and Deanna Durbin's fans didn't oh, like it didn't either. Like I like but, Deanna Durbin. Uh, yeah. She's great. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure it's. Um, I'm sure like. I'm sure it's a wonderful like turn for them. Like yeah. in, in hindsight, like yes. watching it, you know, as a that's awesome. Um, the you said the cinematographer, what was his name? Um, Woody Burdell. Woody, did he have um, other films that he did as well? I'm he, assuming he worked with uh, Siod Mac a lot. Oh, so okay. they did a number of movies together. So like The Killers was also one that mm-hmm. that they both did together. It has that fantastic Burdell cinematography. That's okay. wonderful. Wow. We'll nice. have to check out more of both yeah, of their works. For actually. sure. Those things sound amazing. Yeah, I feel like this movie really was. Um, like if you don't really haven't really watched any film noir, I felt like this made me want to watch more. It's, mm-hmm. it's such a great gateway movie to wow. I think into this genre. So I yeah I really liked it. Just yeah, if you're not yeah. like really well versed on it, I think it like it kicks you in really well. Like where you I don't know it it made me want to research more. Oh yeah, and mm-hmm. I think that's a great that's just a great a great feeling. Just because a, a, a lot of people when they when they think noir they're ready to have the femme fatale. Yes, and this this, this turns it all on its head, which right. is, exactly which is it doesn't really follow what right. you think it is, and mm-hmm. that's why I really like mm-hmm. it. It gave it a lot more depth, mm-hmm. I think, and so yeah, and, and the female characters I think are just fantastic. Right, really yeah. really that great. Protagonist actually oh, being the detective. What a gem! Yeah. I love it. So Again, do yeah. we remember? I can't remember if we if we remember the name of the actress, but your favorite performance in this movie is um, the woman who works for Katisha. Oh my oh, god! Yes, yes. yes. Right, the scared like mousy lady who made the hat. Yeah, oh, no. right. she's, she's intense. Like the, the really moral character in the mm-hmm. film. It's like everyone else is being paid off, and she's like, "Well, a man's life is at stake." Yeah. Okay, I'll tell you the truth. Yeah. And yeah. that on. On sol- solves the whole rest of the mystery. Exactly. Yeah. She yeah. also seemed like she was in a bit of a psychosis herself. Like yeah. She had she a bit was, of like a. She looked stressed. Yeah. <laughs> Extremely stressed. Well, yeah. if you have Katisha well. screaming yeah. at you every you know, single she, really. Yeah, but she's a did, taskmaster. Yeah. 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 It's not fun working for her. No, even <laughs> even though she was in a smock, she felt very like mousy and kind of shrunken. Mm, and oh, yeah. Thin. You could tell yeah, she was. was you could tell that. was great. I like the way she played it because you can definitely tell that Katisha was the um, stereotype of what you would expect like um, a designer would be that sort of like high strung screaming mm, yes, at everybody yeah. like you know that sort of thing that you that sort of almost like kind of fed into the myth yes. of the fashion design which I've worked in those experiences before where I've had <laughs> very volatile people working and I'm just like remind me again why I wanted to do this right um, yes. so I think that's interesting that she kind of like portrays that with her body language and stuff and you can definitely tell that Katisha was like not a very nice woman and she like no. proud yeah, yeah like, sit down write down the yeah, address she's yeah. like she's like how dare you you little you little <laughs> just like screaming at her forgive it for um for you know knocking her off and I'm just like well isn't it your job to make hats like, yeah like meanwhile she's probably yeah. like the person doing all the work oh yeah <laughs> right totally. and probably paid yeah. almost nothing exactly yeah, like, exactly yeah. which it's so funny um yeah oh. she was great i loved her mm-hmm. um she's very short on film but she's fantastic yeah shout out to you <laughs> rest in power <laughs> i'm assuming <laughs> Okay, great. Um, well, thank you so much for coming, yes, guys. Thank you, oh, thank you for so having fun. us back. It's yeah. always a treat. This is just right. so much yeah. fun. <laughs> Talking about fashion with Vincent Rosemary. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, thank you for the suggestion of the great movie. This was really fantastic. Yeah. Oh, our pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you guys got the book coming out 2019. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, script for Scandal. Yes. <laughs> Renee Patrick is fantastic. Please. And- Designed I, for dying and dangerous to know. Available right. at fine bookstores everywhere. Yes. And in paperback. Yes, I got indeed. Mine in paperback, yes. So paperback. That's awesome. Yes. So. And ebook. Yeah. Oh, yeah. fantastic. Are you guys doing an audio version? We hope to. Oh, we are. We fun. are hard at yes. work on that right now. That'd be fantastic. Yes. Yeah. I love it. We, with all the celebrity cameos, it's like we we feel like it would play as an audio. It would oh, work. perfect. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. we're. What what more celebrities can we jam into this story? <laughs> uh, I hope in the next book there's like a fashion montage. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just an opportunity for costume changes. <laughs> you know, it could literally just be like, you could just say fashion montage, dot, 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 and then three pages that are blank. <laughs> Everyone could just sort of fill Imagine. it in with themselves. <laughs> you know, Please consult your own dream book. Yeah. <laughs> lots of fast cuts and gowns and laughing. And, gowns, gowns, gowns. Yeah. And someone's always, you know, shaking their head. And at the very end, they're like, no, I don't like that. That's it. That's it. We found it. You know, whatever gay boy loves. <laughs> um, uh, so if you guys can follow Vincent Rosemary over on social media, right? What's mm-hmm. your yes. handles again on Instagram and Twitter? 
Um, uh, Renee Patrick Books on Instagram and Twitter is R Patrick Books. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And did you guys want to purchase your own personal social medias as well? Or you want to stay anonymous? <laughs> I actually am not very active on mine, Vince. And I'm at VP Keenan yes. on Twitter. Yeah. Great. And Vince, you also work with um, the Film Noir Foundation, don't you? Yes, Which, I do. I'm no. the managing editor of their quarterly magazine, Noir City. Mm -hmm. And uh, we put on the film festivals, the Noir City festivals that are held all over the country, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Seattle, added Boston this year. Wow. And wonderful. if you go to filmnoirfoundation.org, you can find out more about what we do and subscribe to the magazine. Awesome. Fantastic. <laughs> wonderful. You. Uh, you guys can always interact with us over That's on right. social media. <laughs> um, Old Hollywood Realness on Facebook, at OHR Podcast on Twitter, Old Hollywood Realness on Instagram. Please join the pod, um, the fan group, the fun, mm -hmm. uh, the friend group. So um, it's the pages um, OHR Podcast Darlings. Um, it's, you just have to ask to join and we'll, um, we'll let you in. Right. Everyone's welcome. Um, and you guys, it's a fun way to um, interact with other listeners of the podcast, fans mm -hmm. of Old Hollywood. We just um, we just gab like a, like a bunch of ladies over yep. there. It's fantastic. <laughs> I love it. Great. We yes. try to solve mysteries. And oh, yes. We do. We solve mysteries. It's fantastic. Um, and, then, and don't forget our Pinterest. So oh, yes. We, we so, do a Pinterest page for each movie that we podcast mm -hmm. so that um, you can follow along. And um, we try to have those up and ready by the time um, we air the episode. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so you can check those out. They're linked on the page, as well, the page mm -hmm. of the episode as well. So easy to find. Um, and uh, that's pretty much it. You can email us if you have any thoughts and prayers. Right. OldHollywoodRealness mm -hmm. at gmail.com. And requests. And requests. Uh, thanks to Hal Lublin for his vocal talents at the top of the podcast. Yes. Making us sound professional. And until next Always. week, thanks you for listening to Old Hollywood Realness. Bye. <laughs>